If you want real family, we have it. Our text this morning is Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 31. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon us this morning. We pray that you'd open your word to us by the power of the Spirit. We pray for one to preach accurately and for the other to hear accurately, that we all might be doers of your word. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our nation is separated into different families. The family of conservatives, the family of liberals, the family of BLM and Antifa, the family of white separatists. But faith in Christ forms a new family, the family that will stand on the last day and enter eternity. It is not formed by works, and it is not formed by our blood. It is formed by the blood of Christ. This morning we'll see in Romans chapter 3 that faith forms family. Faith forms family. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 21. Romans 3, verse 21. And it says there, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Now we saw last week, we ended with verse 20, and the Apostle Paul said there, For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. The law shows us God's perfections and our imperfections. God's law shows us what God demands, and we see that we cannot fulfill it. And so we're undone. And the law points us in the direction of God for mercy. The human race stands fractured by sin. Not just the sin in the garden. When the entire human race fell and fell under the judgment of God. But there's more. All of mankind speaking one language gathered together as a single family of a language group. And what did they do? They tried to work their way into heaven. They literally built a tower reaching to the heavens, trying to reach up, trying to control God. And God came down and confused the languages. And now the people were separated into different families of language groups. And I believe that's where races and ethnicities came from. Separated now, not understanding each other, warring with each other. And the human race spends its time killing the other. Under the wrath of God, for no one does the will of God. And we're incapable of saving ourselves by the works of God's law. But now we see the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. What does that mean? It means God's righteousness or his justice. God is just and filled with justice. The righteousness or justice of God. God does not lower his standards or change. There's not a different God in the Old Testament and a different God in the New. There's not a means of earning your salvation through your works in the Old Covenant and now by grace in the New. God was always the same and His holy standard never changed. And if that's the case, then we as human beings are all doomed. But what does the Apostle Paul here say? He says, but now, but now, Nuni day in the Greek. Now, however, what? The dikaiosune theu, the righteousness of God, has been manifested. The word there for manifested is phane rao. It means to be made clear and to be made known. Now, the righteousness of God has been manifested. How so? Apart from the law. 
Though the law testifies to it, the law testifies to it. Verse 22, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God's righteousness and justice have never changed, but by faith in Jesus, the righteousness of God is manifested for who? For all who believe, for all who believe. The family of man is regarded as one. We're all fallen in Adam. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're a human being, then you are fallen in Adam, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Verse 24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Here we see a set of verses that are just dense, pregnant with theological meaning. We see for those with faith in Jesus who believe, who are justified, justified, justified. What does that mean? It means to be accounted right. It means to be regarded as righteous. It means to be viewed as those who are actually just when you're justified, you're accounted as right before God, but how does this happen? By God's grace, God's grace, his unmerited favor. And Paul says it's all a gift through the redemption. What does the redemption mean? Well, here in the Greek, it means this, a release by payment of a ransom. There was a price due. God didn't change his standards and his standards demand absolute perfection, and the breaking of that demands judgment. It means death, eternal death, under God's justice, under his judgment. But we see here that there's a redemption, a payment of a ransom. And so the Son of God, perfect and divine, the second person of the triune God, came and took on human flesh, came and took on human flesh and went to the cross as the perfect final sacrifice and paid the ransom that is in Christ. Jesus was put forward as a propitiation. That's a weird little word, isn't it? Propitiation. What does that mean? Propitiation here in the Greek is helasterion. It means a sacrifice that satisfies. A sacrifice that satisfies. None of the old sacrifices of the old covenant, all the blood of the animals, the bulls, the goats, the lambs, none of them truly satisfied. The only satisfaction was that they were forecasting, foreshadowing the coming of the final sacrifice that satisfies the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the atonement. He is the sacrifice that satisfies. Jesus was put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And friends, what we're looking at here is the doctrine of justification by faith. These are the watchwords of the Protestant Reformation. Justification by faith. Being made right before God. How so? By our works? No, by faith. By faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are justified by faith in Jesus. Can I hear an amen to that? Verse 25 in the second half. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time 
so that he might be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God's justice and righteousness never changed, and God's love for the world never changed. Notice this here. It says, because in his divine forbearance, he passed over former sins. Have you ever wondered what happened with the saints of old in the old covenant? How were they saved? Jesus hasn't come yet. Well, they were saved in the same way we are. They're saved by their faith in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But notice here, God didn't immediately judge all those in sin in the Old Testament. He passed over their sins and he stored them up, as it were, pooled up the sins of the righteous in the Old Covenant, waiting for the coming of Jesus. Just like we who come along after, our sins were taken and accounted by Jesus. The Old Covenant saints and the New Covenant saints All of our sins, that great ball of darkness, stored up and poured out upon the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross. Our sins are forgiven. God's love for the world never changed. This was to show the whole world, angels and demons, that God is just. God is just, and God is the justifier. God is righteous. And God gives righteousness. His own son came into the world. His own son perfectly fulfilled the law. His own son took the punishment for breaking the law as though he broke the law. We're the ones who broke the law. He never broke the law. We deserve the punishment, but he took it for us. And God justifies the one who has faith in Jesus Christ from every tribe and ethnicity of the family of men verse 27 then what becomes of our boasting it is excluded by what kind of law by the law of works no by the law of faith can we boast in our works of the law can we say we've done this or that or we've fulfilled the ten commandments in and of ourselves can we boast in our ethnicity can we boast in our racial status as victims The day and times in which we live, the highest peg on the pole of those who are considered righteous in our culture are those who claim victim status. This happened to my great-grandfather and my great-grandmother. I'm closer to God. I'm more holy. You need to repent to me. What becomes a boasting? It is nothing unless we have faith in Christ and Christ alone. God doesn't care who you're descended from. God doesn't care if you're rich God doesn't care if you're poor. God doesn't care if you're powerful. God doesn't care if you're powerless. It's all about faith in Jesus. Going on to verse 28. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. One is not justified by being from the right family. First century Jews, the people of God, saw the entire world as two families. It makes a lot of sense when you look at the historic trajectory. I can understand where they're coming from. We can fall into this same trap. Now remember, before the exile, the problem with Israel is they wanted to be like everybody else. They were supposed to be the shining light on the hill. They were supposed to be the different ones. They were to be the people of shalom as priests to the nations, bringing the righteousness of God to the entire world. But they wanted to be like the nations. We want kings like the nations. We want glory and chariots and gold. 
We want to have gods like the nations that we can see and touch in the idols, and so they were sent into exile. And God drove all that idolatry out. But what happened? They went to the opposite pole. Now they were trying to guard themselves against unrighteousness, and unrighteousness comes from the pagans, the Gentiles. Have nothing to do with them. There's only two nations in the world, two families of people, us, the people of God, the Jews, and the goyim out there, the dogs. The Jew was one who was in covenant relationship with God, and the Gentiles, the nations, were not. But friends, we are justified by faith in Christ alone, apart from the works of the law. Going on to verse 29. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles? Yes, the Gentiles also, since God as one who will justify the uncircumcised by faith and the circumcised through faith. Is God the God only of Jews? Is God the God of black people only? Is God the God of white people only? Is God the God of brown people only? Is God the God of yellow people only? No, God is one, and he has been and is forming one people, one family, one new humanity in Christ Jesus, and it's all about faith. Faith forms family, verse 31. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Did the law pass away with the coming of Christ? Did Jesus coming and fulfilling the law cause the law to pass away? No, it's still here. It was transformed. It was transmogrified. It was fulfilled. We, the people of God, uphold the law of God. We don't earn salvation by doing the law, but rather as those who have gotten salvation as a gift in the Lord Jesus Christ, we uphold the law for it is good and right Jesus did the law so we can rest in the law. Jesus did the Ten Commandments perfectly. Jesus was the perfect high priest spoken of in Torah who offered sacrifices perfectly. Jesus was the perfect, spotless, sinless sacrifice that was sacrificed perfectly. Jesus was the perfect son and the perfect older brother, and now he reigns as the perfect king. And friends... We uphold the law because we have been justified by faith in Jesus. Faith forms family. The Samburu and Pokot tribes of Kenya had been ancient enemies, committed to raiding each other, stealing from each other, and killing each other. They were warring families. The government of Kenya even tried a series of conflict resolution seminars, but nothing worked until the auspicious moment when the gospel came to both tribes through Kenyan missionaries. A thaw came upon the turbulent tribes as they realized that they were now worshiping the same God and were part of the same family. The same epiphany came, that came upon the Samburu and the Pokots is the same one that came upon the Celts, upon the Nubians, upon the Armenians, upon the New Guineans, upon the Kerala Indians before them. God is building a new family through faith and is preparing us for the last day when all Christians will be visibly one as the new humanity in Christ. Because, as we've seen this morning in Romans chapter 3, faith forms family. Soli Deo Gloria.
To God alone be the glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon us in our time and place. May you expand our tribe. May you bless us that we might form the visible family of Christ, our little piece of the tapestry right here in Buda, Texas. Bless us this week to spread the gospel with joy. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.